Welcome, and thank you for streaming this sermon. At Heritage Baptist Church, we believe that the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus can truly change lives. So it is our hope and prayer that this service stirs up your affection for Christ and helps you to draw closer to Him. For more information, please visit hbchazlett.org. practical things that uh, you, that we deal with uh, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, and uh, what, is, what is God's answer for these problems. One of the areas in which we deal with is emotions, emotional problems, <laughs> emotional issues. And, and just understand that emotions are a God-given gift, whether it's the emotion of love, or hate, anger, All of these emotions were given to us by God. They're not a curse. Feelings have a purpose. Feelings have a purpose. It's the feelings that, our feelings that make us devout or faithful. It's our feelings that make us loving and caring. It's our feelings that make us passionate. And again, these emotions that we have and that God has given to us enable us to be what God wants us to be. Just think about it if you, if you had no passion. You know, if you had no passion, you know, what would work be like? What would raising kids even be like if you had no passion? You need some passion if you're raising kids. These emotions, again, were given to us by, by God. I, I cannot recount the message when I was a kid, and there's no way I could explain it. But I'll never forget going to youth camp one year, and Al Wells, which you guys, most of you, I don't know if anybody here would know who that is. He was an evangelist. And he preached all summer at Silver State and did so for years and years and years. He was a cowboy. He owned a ranch, um, and his, his father owned a ranch. And so he was a multi-generational cowboy. And he talked about how different kind of horses had different kinds of spirit, and different breeds of horses could have different kinds of personality. And he would take these horses and their personalities and the emotions these horses would have that were distinct from other kinds of horses and it just impressed upon me even as a kid how, and he, he explained that God had given these emotions. Not only did this horse, but God had given us emotions, and those emotions weren't bad. It wasn't, emo- it wasn't bad to have uh, an emotion as a, as a young man, you know, an emotion to like girls, you know. It wasn't, wasn't wrong to have those emotions and those feelings. God gave us those feelings. God gave us those emotions. So I just want from the very front, very very forethought of this, very beginning of this, that emotions are given to us by God. They are a gift that God has given us. And so we, are, we need to look at it that way. Look at Ephesians. I'm going to read a pretty large portion of Scripture. So Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17. We think about Paul here is, is giving us practical insight on how we should behave. How we should behave. It says here in verse 17, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, This I say, therefore, and testify 
in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feelings had given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. So here, here's what you were before you got saved. This is how the Gentiles act. Remember, there's only two classifications of the Bible as far as people, and that's either a Jew or a Gentile. So here's your former conversations, another way he puts it in another book. He says, but ye have not learned Christ. Verse 21. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So we have the old man versus the new man. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man which afterward God is create, uh, created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying, the building up, that it may minister grace to the, unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed to the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamoring and evil speaking be put away with, from you with all malice. Verse 32, I'll be underlining your Bible, if you underline your Bible. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Let's pray. Lord, Bless again, Lord, the preaching tonight. Lord, may we see these, may we get practical instruction tonight from your word. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Emotions, again, are given to us by God. They're gifts from God. They enable us to be what God wants us to be. Again, we think about the word, we think about love, the emotion of love, can be good or bad. Love is good when it's directed at God and people. Bad when it's described, directed at, the, at this world. Love not the world, neither things in the world, if he may love the world. Hate is, it can be good, and hate can be evil. Right? So hate is good when we hate evil. <laughs> hate is bad when we despise people. Anger is good when, we, when directed at sinful behavior. Anger is bad when directed at people to hurt another person. Again, the primary factor in facing a problem is attitude. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 Paul says this, there hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. I don't know how many times I've had people come to my office for counseling and they say, preacher, you won't believe what's going on in my life. You won't believe this, this, and then they start naming off stuff. And I'm like, I just had, just talked to somebody about this like three days ago. Such as is common to man. Sometimes we get in a, in a situation and we have all these problems we think are just uh, unusual or unique to us when in reality they're common to man. Common to man. By the way, Jesus said, in this world you shall have tribulation. It would be a good cheer. I've come over, overcome the world. He's not promised us a life without problems. But he has promised to go through us with the problems. He's promised to give us strength and grace in our time of need. And here again, Paul's giving us practical insight into how we should behave as new creatures in Christ. We are to put off the old man and put on the new man. Take off that old nature, put on that new nature. I'm so thankful that when I got saved, I received a new nature. I received a new want to it. I received the Holy Spirit who enables me and strengthens me uh, to live out the Christian life, to put on that new man. 
It's important as we think about feelings or emotions that our attitude is very important in this, that our thoughts are very important. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So really, your attitude is really determined by you. Hello? Our emotions, our feelings are determined by us. We make a conscious decision and how we deal with those emotions. Tonight, I do want to cover resentment. And we'll cover, we covered worry uh, last month, and tonight, resentment. As we think about resentment, we think about, again, many problems that come from and are direct result of resentment. Depression is a result of resentment. Loneliness, hostility, irritability. I just want to go ahead and start from here and kind of give you how I, I view resentment. Anger leads to resentment that leads to bitterness. And though these three, especially resentment and bitterness, are almost twins, there is somewhat a, a, distinct, a distinction between them. All right, so I don't want to give away the whole thing and just walk away from the sermon, so we'll give the rest of it then. But that's kind of, if you can kind of keep that in your mind, anger is what leads to resentment if we're not careful, and that resentment can lead to bitterness. So to resent means this. It means to hear again and resound. To hear again and resound. It means the reviewing and reliving or the refilling of an unpleasant or offensive experience resulting in an angry or bitter spirit. So what resentment is, it's taking an offense against you, something that's happened to you or something that's been said to you, and it's reliving that experience and reviewing that experience. It's when, it's when you experience that and then you go home and you continue to think about it and when you get up the next morning, you're still thinking about it. And you get up the next morning, you're still thinking about it. It would be as if, let's say, and I'll use uh, Brother Jerry England as an example since we've been doing that here lately. So <laughs> Brother Jerry England, I think, was it last week or the week before, wore a pink shirt? It was last week. Mine like an elephant. Hide like a rhinoceros. So, and I don't, uh, let's, let's just be a little, this could be silly, but. Let's say Brother uh, England and I, we've known each other a very, very long time. And let's say something happened at church. Brother Jerry is now going to be sitting on the finance team. He's now the treasurer. And let's say he sees something or notices something and he calls me out on it. And though it wasn't true, say it was something, uh, I shouldn't even say this because this is good. Yeah, never mind. Uh, something financial that Brother Jerry thinks, hey, something's wrong here. This is nothing not right. But preacher explained this to me whatever, and he kind of calls me out, and I, I, I get upset about it, right? And the next day, I'm still upset about it. And instead of going to Brother England and getting this thing right, why would you even accuse me of anything? Why would you, we, we've known each other forever, why would you, why would you, Brother Jerry, why would you do this? And instead of going to him and, and getting that right with him, whether he's wrong or right, I just keep thinking about it and keep thinking about it. It can come to the point where something that you happened to you as a child can still affect you when you're 40 years old. Something you didn't get right with that person that offended you, it can still, it can still come back and be relived in your mind 20 years later, 30 years later, and affect you 
when it comes to dealing with problems. It can make you irritable. Hang on. It can make you more irritable. <laughs> it can make you grouchy. It can do all sorts of things to you. So this resentment can be from many years ago. It can be from yesterday. And I'll explain that here in a moment. So again, reviewing and reliving this over and over again, which again leads to bitterness. Resentment again and bitterness are close companions. When we think about resentment, we think about in the Bible, we think about resentment and bitterness, we think about the illustration of that in the Bible is Naomi. Naomi, the book of Ruth, we find that Naomi and her husband leave Bethlehem and they go to Moab because there was no bread, there was no food in Bethlehem, so they left and went to Moab, knowing that that was not what God would want. They would not want, God would not want a Jew leaving Canaan land, leaving the promised land. So they were out of the will of God. And while they were out of the will of God there in Moab, God judged them. And Naomi ended up losing her husband, losing her two sons. And when she finally did come back to Bethlehem, she came back a bitter woman. In fact, so much so that when they came to Naomi and said, hey, hey I think that's Naomi, I think that's Naomi. And they came up to Naomi and they said, hey, are you Naomi? And she says, I, to call me, don't call me Naomi anymore. That's not my name. My name is Mara. My name is Bitter. My name is Bitter. She was, had become bitter. She had become bitter at God and bitter at her situation. As we think about, again, resentment, we think again about anger, again, that leads to resentment. So let's just look at anger for a few minutes. Anger, again, can be good and bad. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 that we just read, says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. I really feel like I got better clarity with this principle today and yesterday as I was looking at this and studying it again. And so I hope maybe I can relay that to you maybe in a better way than I have in the past. Be angry and sin not. Again, we have the ability to love and hate. God also has that ability. Psalm 2, verse 12 says, Kiss the sun, capital S-O-N, lest he be angry and ye perish from the way. So God has the ability to, to be angry. God has the ability to hate. Anger is a rightful response to some wrong or injustice. In other words, rightful anger is a response to some wrong or injustice. We think about Jesus got angry and did not sin when he went in, in John chapter 2, went into the temple and he overturned the tables of the money changers. Those who were sell, sell, selling um, you know, birds and animal sacrifices, those who were exchanging money. In other words, you couldn't use Roman money to buy the sacrifice. You had to exchange it for shekel, you know, for, uh, anyway, for, um, yeah, for Jewish money, and then you could buy. So they were making money from the exchange. They were making money off the animals. I mean, they had just made the house of God. They had abused the house of God. And Jesus was angry and came in and took a, a whip and and drove him out of the temple. That was righteous anger. That was right anger. David got angry about the right things, and that's found in Psalm 139. He speaks about that right anger. Billy Sunday, the great evangelist, uh, again, of the early 1900s, late 1800s, said this. He said, you can't love flowers and not hate weeds. I like that one. Don't you hate weeds? It's not wrong to hate weeds. It's not wrong to be angry about sin. It's not wrong to be angry about immorality. It's not wrong to be angry about injustice and so forth. 
fact, David got angry when he saw Goliath. Remember that? Remember when David arrived on the scene, he brought uh, some food for his older brothers, and, and when he got on the scene, he saw Goliath out there making fun of the children of Israel and their army and, making, and blaspheming the God of Israel, and David's looking around and saying, isn't somebody going to do something about this? Isn't somebody going to defend our God? Isn't somebody going to, going to do the right thing? And he got angry. Righteous anger, right anger. Why? Because this cause was just. Remember what he said, is there not a cause? Of course, we understand there is the right kind of anger. You cannot look at the world around us and not be angry. As a Christian, we think about abortion and think about the immorality we see around us. It just really grates me to think about those who, who, for instance, uh, the looting that has gone on the last couple of years, and yet we have politicians who say it's okay. What? You can go into a store and take stuff. They were doing this in New York last week in the Rite Aid stores. They're just going in stuff, going into the Rite Aid stores and just taking stuff. Nobody's stopping them. Well, you know, if they don't have politicians. We can get angry about that kind of stuff. And it's righteous anger. Those who are wronged and those who have done wrong, not directed necessarily at them, but the actions they have done. We ought to be angry at sin. This anger is just, and we should get angry at the sin around us. And then we think about the wrong response to anger. Anger over wrong issues. And Saul, remember King Saul? Oh, King Saul was jealous of David, wasn't he? Remember David defeated Goliath? Saul gave him his daughter to wife. But they, it all went downhill after that. David went to another battle, and David came. He had a great victory, and, and the people began to sing about David. David has killed his ten thousands, and Saul has killed his thousands. And Saul became, King Saul became very jealous of David, and then his heart turned, and he began to seek David and began to seek his life. That's the wrong kind of anger. That's jealousy, jealous anger. Think about Jonah. Jonah was called of God to go to Nineveh, to preach to Nineveh, to turn them, to, to, to have revival among the, uh, the Ninevites, and Jonah decided not to go. And Y'all know the well experience. He was fit up on shore. He made that trip in one day that should have took three days he was ready to go preach but after he preached and Nineveh came to the Lord Nineveh repented this is a huge city several hundred thousand people it was a it was a huge city and they came to the Lord they repented <laughs> and afterwards Jonah was upset he was angry he was angry at God for God's mercy upon those in them. Remember the, remember the gourd tree and all those things? You have to go read it. That, that's the wrong kind of anger. The wrong kind of anger. Anger, again, that is issued wrong. Buried anger, again, becomes bitterness. And bitterness w will find itself uh, festering. Festering. And it festers in the heart. James chapter 3 speaks about that, the heart issue of bitterness. And also, not only does it fester in the heart but it festers in the tongue in other words anger will make its way out 
If you are an angry person, people are going to know it at some point. I'm talking about the wrong kind of anger. Because you eventually will betray, it'll be, your tongue will betray you. It says there in verse 29 of our text tonight, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. You know what that really is saying? If you don't have anything good to say, don't say it. What it's saying. But we, but we have, you know, we have this built up and pent up anger and emotions and resentment. We find ourselves angry, angry at individuals. Again, the Bible says here, be angry and sin not. And by that saying, by Paul saying that, it means that sin, that anger can become sin. And it's implied here, inferred that it can become so easily. That's our flesh, right? And it, it seems our flesh takes a downward turn pretty quick. And anger can sure send us that direction. We must watch our anger and make sure that it's the right kind of anger and not the wrong kind of anger. 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 Maybe tonight you're dealing with anger. Maybe tonight you're dealing with anger. Then not only do we have the, we have the principle of reconciliation, the right response to anger. This is where I want to really give you something I hope that you can take it home with. What is the right response to anger? Whether that anger is good or bad. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 in our text says, Be angry and sin not. The, the, the next statement says, Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. In other words, anger should not be prolonged. And whether it's your spouse or a friend, or a co-worker, or a family member, a neighbor, whomever it may be that has offended you and you have an ought against them, you should not allow that anger to fester. The Bible says specifically here you shouldn't go to sleep without getting it right. Right? Is that what it says? Let not the sin, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Good, a, good, a good marriage advice tonight is don't Go to bed angry. I got a good illustration for you. Again, this principle in the Bible is, not, again, to get this thing right every day. In other words, if you want to cut anger off, if you want to nip it in the bud, sorry. If you want to nip it in the bud, it means to take care of it every day. Take care of it every day. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Take care of it every day. In other words, not to be, anger is not to be nourished or preserved. If it's nourished and preserved, it leads to, again, resentment and bitterness. How many of y'all know Frank Ivey? I wish he could be here more often. He lives in Azel now with his, uh, his granddaughter, and he can't drive anymore, and uh, so he's just not here much. But you got to remember our relationship with Frank Ivey, my kids, when my kids were young, small. Uh, Frank Ivey on several occasions would go fishing with us. Uh, he used to cook all the barbecue. Uh, what Brother Shooter does now, Frank Ivey used to do. And uh, what you see Brother Ivey now, uh, many times we, we see Brother Ivey in, in, a, in, a, in a sort of light. Some of y'all who know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about. I love Brother Ivey. I put up with him. I, I, I forbear him. Everybody know Brother Ivy, right? 
I forbear him because I love him. And you can say whatever you want to about Frank Ivey, but Pat Ivey was amazing. Pat Ivey was the, one of the best ladies I've ever met in my entire life. Funny, quick-witted, and she kept him in line. Just awesome. They were, they, if you talk about a couple that really did complete each other, that's Frank and Pat Ivey. And every day, Pat, uh, Brother Frank Ivey wishes he could go to heaven. Every day. Y'all pray for him. He wants to be with his wife. Been with his wife over 50 years. I know there's some in our church have been with their spouses longer than that. Uh, we're just thinking about the, the brother Miss Hale just celebrated 60 years. The Clems celebrated 70 years. But I asked Brother Ivy, Brother Ivy, how did you stay with Miss Pat for 50 years? Miss Pat, how did you stay with Frank Ivy for 50 years? And I appreciate Clovis and, and Judy's answer kind of that same question was forgiveness and Brother Hale, what was your name? Anyway, Brother Hale had a good response too. Putting God first. With Frank Ivey, you know what it was? Without a question, he just, he, he popped it off just like that. He said, we never went to bed mad at each other. That blew me away. If you know Frank Ivey, that blows you away. Right, Miss Edie? You would agree with me. That blow, it blew me away. Brother Ivy's response, and I'm, I'm not talking about he didn't have to think about it. It wasn't like he took 20 minutes to think about it. No, right off, the, right off the tip of his tongue, we never went to bed mad at each other. I can't say that about my Can you? But we ought to. And that's what the Bible's saying here. It's saying that if you'll take care of the anger that day and don't allow it to pass over into the next day, and don't allow it to pass over to the next day. And all of a sudden, a day, three, five, ten, all of a sudden leads to weeks, that leads to months, that leads to years. And all of a sudden, you find yourself resentful, and then you find yourself bitter. But you don't have to. Even five years later, you can go get that thing right. And again, it doesn't matter whether somebody has done you wrong or you've done somebody else wrong. It, it, it matters that you're the one stewing over it. You're the one rehearsing it in your mind. You're the one who continues and can't get past it, then you need to go deal with it. And the response of the person you try to get right with is not all that important. That, that forgiveness you're seeking doesn't necessarily have to come from the person. When you get it right, you get it right, but their response is wrong, God will cleanse your heart. God will take that anger, bitterness, and resentment. He will take it from you. If you do your part right, and you go in the right spirit, the right attitude, being kind and tender-hearted and forgiving yourself, then God will relieve that burden from you, that resentment or that bitterness from you. But why not take care of it before it leads to that? Why not nip it in the bud, Barney Fife would say. Nip it in the bud. Take care of it the same day. Maybe there's something in your life tonight. Maybe there has been a fight with your spouse and something's happened here in the last few weeks. Don't wait to get it right. And certainly don't allow it to go from year to year to year to year and you find yourself bitter at each other and resentful towards each other, hateful towards each other. Deal with it. Matthew chapter 5 says, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar 
and there, there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee. Leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. In other words, if you're going to come and offer a prayer to God and you know there's someone that you have offended or someone has offended you and you haven't got it right, you need to get that thing right first before you come and you pray to the Lord. We need to get that thing right. You initiate the action. Here's another thing. We were sometimes so childish. I remember as a little kid, my best friend lived up the street, and I can remember, you know, we get in squabbles all the time, and uh, dad and mom would say something, or with your brother and sister, you get in a squabble, and mom and dad say, okay, now you say you're sorry. No. I said sorry first last time. It's his turn to say sorry first. You know what I'm talking about? And as adults, we sometimes get in that same mode. Well, I said I was sorry last time. She, it's her time. It's her, her time. She's, she should come and apologize this time. I apologized last time. Don't allow the devil to do that to you. He just wants to destroy your marriage. Take care of it. You initiate the action. If you're angry at someone, initiate the action. Or someone has angered you, initiate the action. Take care of it. We think about resentment. Resentment hinders harmony. Ephesians chapter 4. Again, the desire to have unity. Hinder, uh, resentment prevents peace. You want peace when you lay down your head at night? Then don't let the anger go down, uh, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Second Samuel, we think about Absalom and Amnon. Again, resentment fragments families. Resentment grieves the Holy Spirit. And resentment will weaken your testimony and your witness. What are we to do with resentment? Number one, recognize its reality. Are you tonight rehearsing something in your mind that you have not dealt with? Are you reliving some situation in your life or something that has been said to you? Are you reliving it and replaying it in your mind, reviewing it? Some past hurt? Maybe it happened a week ago. Maybe it happened a month ago. Maybe it happened 30 years ago. Maybe it happened when you were five years old. Realize, understand that if you don't get that right, if you don't take care of that issue, there'll be no really real peace. As I said, you become an irritable, grouchy, short-fused person. You're not careful. I'm just irritable and grouchy when I get hungry and tired. Remove its roots. Right? The Bible speaks about the root of bitterness. It's past anger that's not been dealt with. The root of bitterness is past anger that's not been dealt with. And it needs to be dealt with. So put the axe to the root of the tree. Go deal with the person that hurt you. Again, not really concerned so much about their response to you getting that thing right. Just understand that God said go get it right and God will take care of that in your life. That person that hurts you may not even know they hurt you. You're the one that's doing over it. You're the one that's hurting over it. Sometimes we do that, and it's something that's been misunderstood, and we go to the person, and we find out, oh, I misunderstood you, huh? And yet we've been stewing over it for two months. So again, we're not so much talking about the response of the person who has hurt you. It's your response. It's your attitude. It's your emotions that should be dealt with. Remove its roots. Deal with past anger. And then resist its return. Absolutely, Satan desires to destroy you. He desires to destroy you. 
and he will bring it up to your mind over and over again. Well, he did that, and she did that. No, I, I've already got it right with him. I've already got it right with him. Don't allow Satan to tempt you back into that anger. Resentment can be dealt with. By the way, it can be dealt with by appropriating God's grace. Again, our text tonight, verse 32, and we're done. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Our theme verse for last year, the author of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, I'm telling you, Jesus Christ forgave you, and we ought to be willing to forgive others. He gave, he gave the ultimate price. He, he gave his life. What did you give? Hurt feelings? Again, hit it at the root of the tree. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Give others what they do not deserve. Give others grace. Forgive them. Be kind to them. Tender to them. Follow in the steps of Jesus. Just want to be like Jesus. Want to be like the Lord. I don't know what your need is tonight or if maybe you're dealing with something like this. But there are people who are truly hurting every day because of anger, resentment, and bitterness. I've counseled with them, trying to help them. But really, it comes right back down to you making a conscious decision to take that anger you feel towards somebody and go get it right. And God, through His grace, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will give you freedom from resentment. Let's all stand. On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlett.org.